The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? How are the Habs now? That's what I want to know. How are the Habs now? Because the Montreal Canadiens just defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs by a score of 4-3 to in overtime to stay alive in their playoff series. They will fight another day. They're not going gently into that good night. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast. Presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize, I am Matt Drake, and I'll be honest with you, I thought tonight was going to end up being our last episode. I thought it before the game, I had a bad feeling about that game in general based on the way that this series has gone. Uh, I had a really bad feeling after the Leafs ended up tying it up and forcing an overtime period. But of course, two guys who are considered to be the future of this club. Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield connect on a 2-on-0 early in overtime and end that game. I mean, is there anything better than overtime hockey in the playoffs when your team wins? Obviously, that could have easily gone the other way and it would have sucked. It would have been like getting punched directly in the gut like it is every time that your team loses in overtime in the playoffs. But it didn't. And there's something about that that just energizes you. Now I'm excited for this series to keep going because now I kind of believe, at least considerably more than I did after Game 4, that the Habs could actually pull this off. And I have to say, I I went into this game with very low energy levels. Very low. Normally, I when I watch Habs games in the playoffs, I piss off my entire family if they're awake. Um, but when Yo- Yoel Armia scored, opened the scoring in the first period, beautiful goal. Had a chance on a two-on-one Uh, Chose to shoot instead of to pass because the passing lane was pretty much covered up. Beautiful shot. Beat Jack Campbell. Excellent goal. I barely even celebrated. Normally, I'd be screaming my head off. Super excited that the Habs managed to get one against the Leafs considering how little they've been able to score in this series. Uh, But I wasn't. I just didn't have the energy levels because I wasn't convinced that they could pull anything off. And then Armia, again, from Finland with love this time with a much greasier goal, puts them up 2-0. Still, wasn't very energized, wasn't very excited. The Habs were playing pretty good, but at the same time, just the way this series has gone, I, I wasn't convinced that they were going to pull anything off. Then we move into the second period, which has been the Habs' Achilles heel. Achilles heel is probably putting it lightly, because it's been such a disaster for them the entire series. <clears throat> the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast put up some stats about that period showing that the Leafs had like eight minutes of extra zone time and uh, I want like I can't remember how many more shot attempts and shots on goal they had but it was disgusting and let's agree the HNIC broadcast is pretty biased in favor of the Leafs 
I mean, in the middle of the second period, they put up a random array of William Nylander's modeling photos for no apparent reason. But they were pretty accurate in pointing out how bad the second period has been. But the Canadians strike first. Jesperi Kakanyemi gets another greasy goal. And just like that, the Habs are up 3-0. Now I'm energized. Now I'm, I'm into the game. I'm feeling like, wow, they might actually pull this off. They might actually extend this series. I'm feeling pretty confident that not only can they extend this series, but if they can continue playing like that, who, who knows? Who knows? There's only two more games after this one. This is good news. And then everything just slowly starts to fall back to misery. And my energy levels are being brought right back down. The linesman calls an icing that absolutely was not an icing. Jake Muzzin, I mean, he blew the whistle before the puck even reached the goal line. And Jake Muzzin ended up touching the puck as it was reaching the goal line. So that shouldn't have been an icing. And the Leafs, at the other end, they end up scoring. Zach Hyman, he gets a greasy one of his own to match the two greasy goals that the Habs got before that. And as much as the icing call was terrible, at the same time, it's like, well, they were kind of due for one. So not that concerned about it. And still, like I said, things were slowly descending back into misery. Slowly. Because the Habs got out of the second period with a 3-1 lead. Which, going in at 2-0, to come out of that period at 3-1, given how bad they've been in that period every game of this series, really not that bad. Really, honestly feeling pretty good at that point we get into the third period that's where things just kind of devolve into the aforementioned misery Leafs make it three to two uh, almost immediately after a power play Um, the Habs managed to kill off a penalty and just after they managed to kill it off which you'd think with the Leafs that they would have scored on the power play if anything Uh, but they didn't Uh, the Habs killed it off and then right after they finished killing it off that's where the Leafs struck, and just like that, it's 3-2. Now everybody's feeling a little bit nervous, and like I said, we're slowly descending towards that feeling of misery. And lo and behold, former Hab Alex Galchenyuk has a hand in delivering the final blow that brings us into that misery in the form of a give-and-go with Jake Muzzin. I mean, they enter the zone, do a little give-and-go. Muzzin goes towards, uh, kind of towards the net, Galchenyuk puts one towards the net. Muzzin gets a little tip on it. Goes through Carey Price's five hole. 3-3 with about half the period left to play. It was the only goal the Leafs scored that night that I thought Carey Price really should have had. He was playing some of his stellar hockey like we've seen this entire series. And that goal, I mean, it it was tipped on the way in by Muzzin. So I I don't want to sit here and rag on Carey Price for that one. But I felt like he should have had that one. I felt like he felt like he should have had that one because he was looking up at at the Jumbotron afterwards to see the replay. He didn't look happy with himself for letting that in. And it kind of felt like, you know, any excitement that I had built up, any energy that I had built up, from the Habs gaining that 3-0 lead was completely gone. Of course, made a little bit worse by the fact that it was a former Hab in Alex Galchenyuk who had a hand in the game-tying goal. And we were discussing it in the EOTP chat, and we felt like, yo, if if anybody's going to have the game-winning goal or have an assist on the game-winning goal, probably going to end up being Galchenyuk again. 
And it didn't look great for the Habs for the rest of the third period, but Carey Price got right back to doing what he does best. He kept them in it, and nothing really happens. And then we move into overtime, and we're all still thinking, you know, is it going to be Galchenyuk? What's going to happen? And lo and behold, lo and behold, Galchenyuk does have a hand in the game-winning goal. He makes a bad pass that gets intercepted. And that sends Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki in on a 2-on-0. And Cole Caulfield, who you would normally expect in such a situation to be the guy who takes the shot, he doesn't do it. He fires a perfect pass over to Nick Suzuki and he dunks it and that's game. The Habs stay alive and they live to fight another day. What a finish and for for as much deserved gloom and doom there has been around this team, they haven't been good all year. They've mostly not been good in this series, but that Caulfield Suzuki connection is legit. And if they're able to do this type of stuff in their early 20s in the NHL, in the playoffs, what's going to happen when they have a few years together, when they can work together a little bit, when they can train together in the offseason? I mean, they're going to be tough for anyone to stop. But it's not quite time to start thinking about the offseason or thinking about the future yet. The Habs still get to live in the now. They've still got maybe two more games left to play. Uh, We get to go back to Montreal with fans in the building, no less. And if they can take that one, then they get a Game 7 in Toronto. So, who knows? I mean, like I said last episode, the the Leafs, if if any team was going to blow a 3-1 series lead to the Montreal Canadiens, it would be the Leafs. They have a history of of blowing some series leads in the past. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves at this point and say that they're going to do it or anything like that. They are a very formidable team, but they have a history, a recent history, of blowing leads in the playoffs. So, anything can happen. That's why you play the games, and that's why Dominique Ducharme has to find a way to replicate that somehow. Ideally without going to overtime maybe save us all a little bit of anxiety there I don't know the important thing is to win which they did so what did we learn what did I learn I'm glad you asked I think the first thing I learned is that Hockey Night in Canada is incredibly and increasingly biased towards the Toronto Maple Leafs which to be fair I think we all expected that to a certain degree but I certainly didn't expect it to the degree of them doing constant features on Toronto Maple Leafs players and doing zero on Habs players. It was a little bit jarring, um, but again, kind of to be expected. Uh, I thought that Cole Caulfield, who for my money was the player of the game for the Montreal Canadiens, deserved a little bit more airtime on their part. Um, Fair play to Yoel Armia, fair play to Jesperi Kakanyemi, Carey Price, um, Nick Suzuki even. But my player of the game for Montreal was Cole Caulfield. Everything he was doing last night was fantastic. He was involved in the back check. He was getting involved physically. He was the complete package. He was doing things that many people who have doubted him didn't think he could do. He was doing things that even myself, I've been one of his biggest supporters since they drafted him, I wasn't positive that he could play that well in those ways. You know, making crisp 
tape to tape passes for breakouts or zone entries uh getting back on a back check getting physical with guys that are considerably bigger than him he's proving in the course of this series that he's not the one-dimensional player that a lot of his doubters would suggest that he is we also learned that his connection with nick suzuki is perhaps as dangerous as many of us would have hoped it could be and that's going to be pretty important for the montreal canadians moving forward in this series because we got potentially two games left they're gonna need to score some goals and last night they managed to score four which just so happens to be the exact same amount of goals that they were able to score in the other four games of the series so scoring one or two goals every night is just not going to work out against this Leafs team you have to score more than that Carey Price is playing some of his best hockey but this Leafs team is so offensively high powered that you can't possibly get away with scoring two or three goals every night. If you score three, there's a good to fair chance that they'll do exactly what they did last night. They'll come back and force you into an overtime period where you don't really want to be with them. It's a very good thing that Cole Caulfield picked off that Galchenyuk pass and went down with none other than Nick Suzuki and ended the game early, just under a minute into the overtime period. Because the longer that you sit there and play with fire with them, when you don't have the same amount of firepower that they do, the more you run the risk of losing the game in overtime instead of winning it the way that they did. So they got to figure out a way to put more goals up. And hopefully Suzuki and Caulfield can be a major part of that because it doesn't seem like they have anybody else really stepping up, ready to fill the net. Um, other than Yoel Armia, other than Yoel Armia, so hopefully he can keep it going too. Um, obviously, one of the bigger concerns may be the fact that they really can't seem to win a game on home ice. They're 0-2 at the Bell Center, and they're 2-1 and at Scotiabank Arena. So oddly enough, it seems like they would be more favored in Game 7 than they would be in Game 6, even though there's going to be fans in the Bell Center. Um, I will not be one of those fans. It's costing far too much money to buy those resale tickets right now. But it is good to know that there will be some fans in the Bell Center for that game. Maybe that changes the tide and gives them a little bit more of an edge that they didn't have in the previous two games in Montreal. But the good news is that we get to find out if that is the case. That does it for episode 5. We're running just around 15 minutes, so vraiment une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Megaphone. I am on Twitter, at DrakeMT, so feel free to slide into those DMs if you have any questions, uh, comments, complaints even. I appreciate you all for listening. We will be back for episode 6. Regardless of result, win or lose, we will be back. We'll figure out what went on, what could have gone better. And hopefully, hopefully, there will be a Game 7. If there is, we'll be back for that one too. But for now, we'll look forward to Game 6. And as always, à la prochaine.